The following program is intended for mature audiences. It's Big Boom Radio Friday, people, so it's time once again for the Big Boom Radio podcast, Riffs and Rants, with Johnny Teflon and Michael Sean Lee. Both barrels, both sides, and a lot of good music, too. What are you people, on dope? All I know is this violates every canon of respectable broadcasting. Indeed it does, my friend. Indeed it does. But first, it's time for the opening gem of the day. stuff baby nice that was fun that was fun we were toe tapping swerving around all yeah. silly like or maybe that was the the cocktails i'm not yeah, sure no, no, yeah yeah but I uh i thought that was b was that b it was well, that? b was in it yeah, too barking yeah that of course was the queen of disco miss donna summer the one and only yeah. And that little hit, uh, that little number one hit, mind you. Did that hit number oh, one? Yeah, oh, yeah, from 1979. Right. Nice. That was her second number one hit. Okay. And let's see, what else? She got a Grammy that year for Best Female Rock Performance. It was the era of Donna Summer. Right. And because uh, there's like five more people, yourself included, that read Rolling Stone, <laughs> when they did their top 500 songs <laughs> of all time, like that, double-edged I whammy, like that. I, yeah, uh, they mentioned that song as number 104 out of 500. All right, all right. I would not have thought, but yeah. okay. But well, it was a different time. It was a different era. Yes, it was and a whimsical uh, age in, back then yeah, in the 70s. In the late 1970s, a lot of, lot of disco, a lot of cocaine. Mm. Lot of <laughs> Let's just say shenanigans with minimal consequences. Indeed. indeed. Which is our opening topic tonight yes. of a sort. Do explain uh, to the audience, Johnny, the reference, the, the hot stuff. 
<laughs> reference specifically. Right. Well, in this case, we're not talking about hips and booty huggers. Unfortunately. We're talking about hot stuff as in stolen goods. <laughs> yes. That which thou hast not yes. earned. Five-finger discount. As you go out smash the and grab, door. Indeed, right? indeed. Smashing and a grabbing. Falling off the truck. Thieving and a robbing. Or, as the actual title of this episode says, because it's getting close to Christmas. Okay. On smashing, on grabbing, on shopping, on lifting. Santa Claus said that. Santa Claus said that. He's like a a gang leader in in that universe. Coming hot out of the North Pole. (laughs) Regulating. Indeed. So we went with that jam, as we always do, because we have an agenda. We do. And we're leading off tonight's episode with uh, a little introspection into this whole... Yeah. I don't know what you want to call it. Just thievery. It, yeah. How, how bad is it really? I mean, what's, what's really going on? See, and that's what we want. zero. Right. That's what yeah. we want to find out. And Because um, it takes some, some, some effort to sort <coughs> this shit out these days. Oh, sure it does. You know? And I'd said to you, um, it, it might be something as sinister as these, um, like, Fagin-led youths from the street yeah. that are being instructed and, and, and taught how to do these effective smash and grabs. Right in thought. It could be organized crime. It could just be a bunch of kids that are friends on Facebook. Thank you, social media. Right? Once again. And, I, and you know what? Enough of this shit happens. People are going to start <laughs> thinking like you and just yeah, outlaw yeah. social media. I'm going to keep working that point. I'm going to keep You're almost away. on to something, kid. Keep, keep uh, massaging yeah, that line of yeah. argument. Yeah. I'm, I'm targeting you, TikTok. Here <laughs> yep. we come. So uh, in order to do this justice, yeah. and our regular listeners will attest that rarely do we go outside of Big Boom Radio Studios this is true. for facts and figures and logic and perspectives. Because but we are open to it. We're open to it. Indeed. If it's the right person. So I happen to have a friend uh, who I've known for a long time who has uh, built a career in retail okay. from the bottom up. From the girl that folds the sweaters yeah. to the girl that bosses around the girl that folds the sweaters <laughs> to the person that bosses around the people that send the sweaters to the store. A lot of layers. A lot, a lot of layers. layers yeah. You know, yeah. to, to berating the sheep themselves because the wool is not <laughs> soft enough. Yes. Somebody's got to do it. You Somebody's got to do it. Somebody's got to pay the piper. Indeed. And even in, in the, the hallowed halls of Wall Street boardrooms. Yep. Jet sitting around the globe at, at fashion shows. Oh, yeah. Um, this friend of mine has done it all. Her name um, is Carrie. And I was able to uh, wrangle her up for a couple minutes for a quick interview okay. to discuss this phenomenon of these smashing grabs right. and look at it from a couple different perspectives that I initially did not think of. Okay. Yeah, you because know, I'm just a scrub. Sure. So before we get too deep into it, uh, let's, let's go with that interview. And then you and I can discuss afterwards and, and you know, hit some this. of the points, all right? Let's do this. So, all right, here we go. My interview with Miss Carrie Davis. All right, thank you for joining us, everybody. Uh, this week we have a special treat, a good friend of mine that I've known for about 20 years, Miss Carrie Davis, who has worked her way up through the ranks, uh, through the retail world, and has managed to uh, achieve such heights as being at the vice president level on uh, several different Fortune 500 retail companies. And I wanted to touch base with her uh, mainly because our topic tonight being uh, the spate of smash and grabs and, you know, perhaps talk to her about two different points. One being the ramifications of trying to operate a successful business and the impact on the bottom line when your merchandise is literally flying out the door and how it's affecting consumer behavior going to these brick and mortar stores. So again, thank you, Carrie, very much for joining us. How are you? I'm good. It's a pleasure to be here today. Outstanding. Thank you for uh, giving us your time. I know you're very busy. So like I said, what's it like out there? (laughs) Oh, boy. You know, um, you did reference, you know, my time in the industry and, you know, unfortunately, like theft, external theft has always been a part of the business landscape, Mm -hmm. but it has definitely changed dramatically, really dramatically over the last year with um, a much more brazen behavior than we've ever seen. Mm -hmm. So there's nothing that hinders someone or makes them think twice about this behavior, mainly this, this smash and grab, the grab and run. Um, And it's happening with large groups of people, 
which, right. you know, in the past, it would be someone very inconspicuous, one person alone, maybe two people, um, very low key, but it's always existed. But this mm -hmm. right now, what's happening is of a very mass, large quantity, um, entire tables of things disappearing, aisles of things disappearing, right. and also the threat that it poses to the in-store experience right now is mm -hmm. quite monumental. And you see a couple of different things right now. What you're seeing are very angry consumers when they are there witnessing. Oh, the no employees doubt. are given instructions on how to handle, what to do, what not to do. Because we are in a culture right now where you kind of don't know what someone's reaction is going to be. Mm -hmm. We're trained on a lot of different things. We're trained on how to deal with um, active shooters and threats like that. But something like this also poses some safety concerns because as they're grabbing and running these large groups of people, they can knock people over. You know, there's smashing, there's glass shattering, there's fixtures falling over. Um, and it happens everywhere. But the consumer who's in the store, it gets angry at times. And they want to run after these people. And, you know, you have to say, hold on. You know, you don't want to do that. But I think right now it's easier for some people when they're hearing about this um, via whether it's social media or whether they're hearing about it on the news to sit home on their computer or their mobile and just skip the in-store experience altogether, right. which is really not where you want to be if you're a brand. Yeah, and I think what, what seems to be muddying the waters and why I really wanted you to come on, Carrie, was that yeah, whatever we watch on TV now or even read in print, there's always an agenda behind it. So there are many people that look at the video footage of all these different types of smash and grabs or after hours breaking down, you know, the barricades in New York City to get into the stores. And they're saying that these are isolated incidents and this is just um, perhaps a Republican trope to push their normal agenda of uh, policing and, and keeping crime under control and saying the Democrats are in a good job. But I think it was important that people understand. And again, while you're so uh, well suited to speak to this because of the level that you've worked at looking down upon these situations, it's not isolated. It is a, a countrywide epidemic, if I'm not mistaken. It's com it's completely that. And the groups are getting larger and larger. So let's reference the example of a flash mob, okay? Mm -hmm. And flash mobs used to be something that happened as a, a dance wow. routine. Yeah. And it was fun and people joined in and it was it was something that was peaceful and just people having a good time. Well, now it's gotten out there and it comes to people via social media and they find out about it and they all join together. And it's a such a large group that it cannot be controlled, even in some instances, by the local police force because right. of how they descend on whether it's an urban city, you know, whether it hasn't happened in um, more of a suburban environment like a mall but you know if we don't get some kind of controls around this um and some boundaries because right now there are no consequences we right. see these things on tv or on social media and we hear nothing of consequences and that's probably why it just continues to perpetuate itself and it's becoming more and more fluid right yeah it's uh it's, it's a sad state of affairs. And, and like you said, it's only escalating. It's only getting worse. Now, let's just speak for a moment about um, what we had touched on earlier, how this is affecting ground level, the brick and mortar stores, the, the shopping experience that comes with the holiday season, which has already been bleeding um, revenue towards the online experience because of convenience, um, sales, you know, shipping right to your door. Could this be the final nail in the coffin for at least the um, boutique size specialty stores as we know it? It could be because they don't carry or have any kind of insurance 
to protect themselves. And also the smaller you are, the less associates that you have working. So, you know, in a lot of cases, the associates working in these environments, whether it be a drug store, food store, apparel store, electronics, you know, there's just so many hands you can have there working at a time and continue to manage your bottom line. So a smaller guy, someone comes in and takes all their inventory, they're done. Mm. They're done. So depending on what you have, and then even on the larger scale, the bigger you are, the bigger the grab. Right. The higher right. your ticket, the higher the grab. Okay. And it's even, you know, a lot of cases, every every company has their own loss prevention team. And there are cameras in stores and there are hidden things and they could see it and they piece it all together. But to really be able to take action against any individuals or try to see, hey, we've now identified X, Y, and Z, it has to be pretty significant dollars for that person to be brought in for some kind of, you know, um, what can I say? Like some kind of consequences. Let's just leave it at that. Okay. Right. right. <laughs> um, we'll just keep it there. So you know, it's getting bigger and bigger and it's more and more amounts. And it just depends on where you are before people start saying, Hey, I don't want to go there anymore. But what's better than sitting on your own couch when you're safe on your mobile and you just saw the commercial on TV for something. And right. Hey, there's, there's a, and, and you know, especially people who allow their children to go shopping at a certain point by themselves. Mm-hmm. And they want to go to the popular brands because all the kids are wearing it. But unfortunately, Other people are going after that popular brand. And it's usually, it's these large flash mobs are controlled a lot of times by bigger organized crime. Mm -hmm. So there is big organized crime behind this. And retail hasn't been looked at, they haven't dealt with organized crime on a store level. They've dealt with it before at the back door. Mm -hmm. You know, the old adage, it fell off the truck. Oh, sure. But when it fell off the truck, nobody's was in danger Mm -hmm. and some of the people that are coming in now that are more brazen they've even grabbed devices out of associates hands you know because a lot of associates have handhelds to be of service to a guest in a better manner and get them out quicker so they ring them up on a device and they've been taking devices and i have a lot of colleagues that have shared this information with me and employees have decided to leave organizations because they didn't feel safe. That's so shame. you have guests, their experience is being hindered, but then you have employees that say, hey, this really isn't worth my life here because I'm, I don't feel comfortable. Right. It's a matter right. of I don't feel comfortable in my job. So it has many different factors happening right now. Yeah. Well, I, I, I thank you so much, Ms. Carrie Davis, for joining us and, and – uh, Shedding some light at that from, like I said, the upper level from 30,000 feet right on down to the foxhole. Um, I can't thank you enough for joining us. I hope you have a very uh, merry holiday season, all right, as well as profitable somehow. And uh, again, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. Pleasure. Take care. Thank you. Bye-bye. And there Interesting. You have it. Interesting. A lot of different perspectives there. Some things I did not take into account. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, it it's it it is good to hear, you know, the feedback from the front lines. Mm-hmm. Um and no no disrespect to our good friend Kerry now. Uh, but I do seriously wonder about the reality versus the perception of reality that's going on these days. Mm-hmm. Um obviously you know, there's some frightening things we're seeing on social media. These things that seem to be coordinated attacks. I mean, let's call it what it is. Right. But at the same time, there's a statistical contra- contradiction, if you will. Um, and just kind of like what we were talking about in pre-show, I think going into 2024, uh, the Biden administration in particular has a very, very big problem with the perception aspect of it. Mm-hmm. Now, obviously, you know, statistically... Shoplifting figures in particular have risen uh, in places like Los Angeles, in places like New York, San Francisco, but uh, falling onto a Council of Criminal Justice uh, survey, if you will, or a study of 24 major U.S. cities right now outside of L.A., outside of New York, outside of San Francisco, which not coincidentally are media hotbeds, media capitals, New Mm -hmm. York and L.A. in particular, 17 of these 24 cities are actually reporting a decrease 
in shoplifting since 2019. Right. And there are police statistics that back this up, that outside of these media hotbeds, Mm -hmm. uh, retail theft has actually fallen approximately 7%. However, and again, we're talking about perception here, uh, murder and car theft rates in particular have significantly risen since 2019. But going way back, you know, given our, you know, pension for perspective here, are way down since 1990. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking back to the 1990s when I was working in national syndicated radio, as you remember, of course, because you and I are both old, uh, in the late <laughs> 1980s, you know, with all the shit going on with cocaine, crack cocaine, uh, crime rates across the nation spiked and in a very, very frightening way. Mm-hmm. However, over the course of the 1990s, uh, when unemployment rose, these crime rates fell significantly. However, the perception amongst the American public was that these rates were spiking, that were higher than before. So, again, the perception and the reality, the statistically based reality, seemed to differ. Right. And, again, that's, I think, going into 2024, the Biden administration's biggest problem. And unless they correct this, they're going to lose, and they're going to lose big. All right. Well, before we get into that conversation, which is like (laughs) three more episodes worth of conversation. There we go. Let me backtrack and say, well, allow me to retort. While your points have merit, the one thing I would like to see in order to make an informed decision would be the definition now of theft and shoplifting, right? Because as you know, in a lot of these—I'm not going to say blue cities, just big cities. Period. Yeah, the bar has been lowered as far as what is now a felony and what isn't. Message. Yeah, it used to be fifteen hundred dollars. Now it's nine hundred. Really? So they're actually lowering it. But if you think about it, a lot of what these kids can grab and run out the store with, in many cases, not all, yeah, is going to be less than nine hundred dollars. So the worst they can hope to get is a slap on the wrist. It's a misdemeanor, no incarceration. They're on the street the next day to do it all over again. Yeah. Now, my point is, if I back up a little further, is because it's now just a misdemeanor, is it being reported the way traditional shoplifting cases where the officer comes and takes the report and fingerprints everybody? Those those are actual crimes. Murder is murder. Rape is rape. Yeah. But shoplifting now seems to have gotten very blurry as far as What's a real crime and what's a, oh, shucks, let me scruffle up your hair, you little muskrat, get on your way, you know? Yeah, well, again, taking a step back in big picture perspective, you know, the police in the United States have been under attack low these last three years. Sure. They're a little bit less likely or a little bit less inclined to enforce. Mm -hmm. They're a little bit less inclined to report. Um, Unfortunately, uh, numbers-wise, they're in dire straits as far as, like, recruiting new officers, new people. So that's probably being reflected not only in the statistics but in the perception of. And, again, going back to the perception of, this isn't just strictly in regards to crime. Um, In regards to the economy, for example, U.S. economic growth over the last quarter was a robust 5.2%. Unemployment is now at 3.9%. 4% is what's considered fully employed in the United mm-hmm. States. And yet, if you ask the average American, they'll tell you the economy's in the shitter. Right. And it's getting worse. Yeah. So we have a perception issue there. And what, what do they call those again? Those are uh, table-side topics, the ones that really matter in an election. Yeah. And it's a short list. It's crime. It's the price of food. Yeah. And I guess, you know, being peaceable for a war or not. Those are the things that really yeah. move the needle. And as you know, I'm fond of the Bill Clinton era for... You know, better or worse. Uh, It's the economy, stupid. Right. You know. But even going a step further, and this is something we touched on a week or two ago, uh, what's going on with Israel, Palestine, Mm -hmm. and Hamas? Right now, the vast majority of Americans are sympathetic to Israel, and they are sympathetic to the Israeli effort to combat Hamas, and yet... The perception, because of these idiots on college campuses across the country, is that the U.S. is, in fact more sympathetic to Hamas. That is simply not true. Mm. It's not true. You know, so deciphering what's real, what's not, what's accurate, what's not these days has become a real trick. Well, again, not to dive into that because that is a big, faceted <laughs> gem. <laughs> I will hit you about the face and head later. Indeed. 
what did I tell him not to do, folks? And what does he do? You know, you poked a bear. You poked a bear, John. Notwithstanding. All right. The I'm, perception issue, there's, there's things that we can accept that are, let's say in some cases, bloated. And yeah. then the news coverage of it is bloated. Sure. Regardless of which side of the aisle you're on, you just yeah. kind of get it, you know? Yeah. And we know, any rational person knows at this point, that you're going to hear both sides of the argument within the media right. because everyone's chosen to take sides. Right. But what's interesting is that underlying, let's say something that would override the message that the media sends people. Yeah. And let's use as an example uh, parental habits. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And like Carrie had mentioned, there comes a point during every kid, good old American lifestyle, yeah. you unleash your kid in the mall. Right. You put a couple bucks in their pocket or they got a part-time job. Are there any malls left? There's must be. Are Middle they? America, there must okay, be. Okay, all right. right. There we go. Okay. So you, you, you set them out. They're having a good time with their friends and whatnot. And, yeah. and even I, to you the other day, was uh, reminiscing about my first experiences going alone in the mall as a yeah. kid after the holidays, mm-hmm. spending my little money like I was, you know, Daddy Warbucks, <laughs> yeah. getting all dolled up, you know. Yeah. And that was a, a fun, sweet time. And we know you can't, you, you can't go back. This isn't a Norman Rockwell painting. Sure. But Carrie raised an important point that parents, let's say mothers, yeah. are going to be a little hesitant to let little Judy and Sally and their friends go running around the mall knowing that any of these stores... The smash and grab. Right. And let's yeah. say, granted, maybe they're not going into the Bloomingdale's Annex or they're not necessarily going to go... Well, they might go to Lululemon, a store like that, or they might go to the <laughs> Apple store. Right. But, you know, you know what I'm saying? It's just, yeah. they're going to be in harm's way, because I don't think they're going to smash and grab a Hot Topics or yeah. an Orange Julius. No, <laughs> so they're safe there. Yeah. But, yeah, you've got to say to yourself, is, <coughs> excuse me, is this a safe situation? Well, that's the <clears> thing, <throat> man, is like, compared to when you and I were young, you know, this is going back to, obviously, the 1980s, Mall culture is an endangered species. Right, right. That used to be a safe haven. That used to be okay. And part of the argument was off. we were safe because there was such a crowd there. Yeah. What could happen? There's all these people around. Mm-hmm. But now you look at it and it's like, well, gee whiz, a lot of these people could be part of a, a flash mob or some other criminal activity. Yeah, I don't know is, if I had kids if I would let them go by and themselves. And how has that evolved? I mean, Oof. flash mob... Not too long ago, it was a fun thing. Fun. It was you on know? the evening news. And now for something lighthearted, a yeah. bunch of assholes come running out, square dancing. Oh, look how <laughs> cute they are, you know. Synchronized steps and all. Right? Now they're yeah. tripping over each other because they got caught up in the wire that's holding the explosive tags to the racks that the clothing is on. Seriously. You know, my, my solution, and I said this to Carrie off, off camera, off audio, yeah. I would put dye packs on everything like the bank does. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and just go scorched earth because you know what? If I'm not making a, a buck off that $100 sweater, yep. neither are you. Yeah. So enjoy your entire wardrobe being bright blue. Oh, yeah. And kind of what you and Carrie touched on over the course of the interview, and it's a, it's a very, very uh, viable question, you know, as far as, quote-unquote, progress, are we witnessing the end of retail culture here? Maybe. You know, is this the final nail? Again, something that you and I touched on in discussion Who's to benefit from this? Right. You know, who's, whose agenda is being served by brick and mortars going the way of the dinosaur? And we could almost do an episode just on mall culture alone, and yeah. maybe we will in the future. Oh, yeah. Because, again, like you just touched on, a lot of our rite of passage as teenagers was go get a job in the mall. I myself had three. Totally. You know? oh, co- it's totally. the place to be. And if you could work there and socialize, that's like... The, 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 the social jackpot, oh, as far yeah. as I'm concerned, yeah. for high school you culture remember, and whatnot. You know, Fast Times at Ridgemont High, yes, Mall yes. Rats. That was like the Absolutely. cool spot to get a gig. Yep. You know, because your friends were all there on Saturday night, you know, anyway. Yep. Or even during the week, you know, whether it was, you know, serving ice cream or serving up pizza. Or maybe you were taking tickets at the mall movie theater and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was a hallmark to our generation's whole growing up experience and right. it's it's somehow been again replaced by the smash and grab mm-hmm. and it's like how in the hell did that happen did you ever have a mall job uh never had a mall job specifically i had uh, uh kind of like clerks i had convenience store okay. jobs when okay. i was in high school but you know friday nights and saturday nights you know in your as the evening progressed 
you know, you did take a pass by them all to see right. who was hanging out, who was this and that. Sure. Maybe you score a couple of cheap joints, you know, in the mall parking <laughs> lot, you know. <laughs> that was that was the culture of that era. And uh and yeah, it's it's funny because again, the association now is criminal. Yeah. And that's 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 just a, a crazy thing to try and wrap your brain around. It really is. Crazy stuff. Yeah. Crazy stuff. But anyway. So, I mean, th- there's no solution in sight. It's probably going to get at least a little worse before it gets better. But uh, let, let's hope it's a fan because I don't want to do all my shopping online. Yeah. Sometimes you need that tactile feel of, of the material in your hands or I want to go to a store and, and smell the ozone of the fresh electronics. Well, the last thing we need right now is an excuse to isolate even more than exactly. we currently do. <laughs> exactly. You know, I know nobody's really comfortable with the whole dressing room thing, but, you know, the whole buying something online, mm-hmm. uh, you get it and it doesn't fit. Every time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So anyway, anyway yeah. I, how about a little refreshing middle Shall jam? Shall we segue? Let's, sir, let's. What do you got for us? Uh, actually, this band was a big, big favorite of mine, speaking of back mm-hmm. in the day, actually back in the, the, the 1990s, and uh, fits perfectly for what we've been talking about here. Uh, this is a band called The Fun Loving Criminals, uh, doing a song called Fun Loving Criminal. Outstanding. See, that's so right up front. Isn't it, Not, No surprise, no agenda right no, there. No, no. So we're going to spin this for you, folks. Do enjoy it, because we're going to be back in a few more minutes with some more things and stuff. That was some good fun, wasn't it? That was, and I wasn't even familiar with that song. Yeah. Well, speaking of fun, that was, of course, the fun-loving criminals. 
mm-hmm. uh, doing a song called Fun Loving Criminal. We'll put their name to the test. And uh, that was from their 1996 album, Come Find Yourself. It was the first song off that album. And uh, according to the band, that particular song uh, explained... It was, it was their origin song. Mm-hmm. You know, they felt like, uh, you know, bands uh, specifically... <laughs> actually, they cited the Monkees as like having an origin song. So at the time, they decided <laughs> we need to write an origin song. So it was all about, in a very tongue-in-cheek way... Uh, the band's origins and what it felt like at the time living in New York City in their 20s in the late 1990s. Fair enough. And, uh, and I got to say, it, it took me back to that time as well. I remember mm-hmm. seeing those guys uh, in the late 1990s at a the theater gig in L.A. And uh, just, just good fun. I looked up. Next thing I knew, they were playing Glastonbury uh, in front of 100,000 people. Mm. And uh, and just just blew the blew the roof off the place. They were right. good fun, but uh, but yeah, it took me back, took me very very much back to to good times. You know, late nineteen nineties, good times. Maybe did it with some of our listeners as well, which Hopefully is more than so. we can hope for. Hopefully so. And uh, you know, going even further back. Uh, <laughs> Seeing as how it is the holiday season. Yes, and, and we have been... been uh, we've been reminiscing a little bit. Waxing philosophically. Indeed, indeed. If we go back to, uh, let's say, uh, another decade or two... <laughs> the to salad the, days. Yes, to <laughs> 1978. Wow. Yes. There was a disturbance in the force, Johnny. A disturbance <laughs> oh, it was, in the force. it was disturbing. It was very disturbing. And, uh, you know, before we let the cat out of the bag, the, the subtopic came about because there's... Um, a little documentary going around or about to hit about the infamous, and I mean that in the truest sense of the word. Literally. The 1978 Star Wars Holiday Special. Aired on November 17th of 1978. A date which will live in infamy. Thank you, FDR. For me, yes. So, yeah, so we had started talking about it. I'm like, you know what, we, we need to discuss this because... Yeah. I, I think we've established that in, in the big scheme of things, you're more of a Star Trek guy than a Star Wars guy. Yeah, you know, I mean, there's this hardcore enthusiasm on both sides. I mean, right, we're both right. huge science fiction fans. Uh, but, you know, we do need to kind of frame out um, for, for the younger uh, members of our audience. Oh, yeah, this is key. The times. Uh, and, you know, it's a possible justification mm-hmm. if there is one for this disaster. And l- well, let's do it that way. Let's say before we get into why this thing is a- an affront to God, basically. Yes. Why did people watch it in the first place? Or how did it come to be? The word craze Yes, comes to mind. Yes. I mean, keep in mind, history lesson, kids. Mm-hmm. Uh, in 1978, there was no cable. There was no VCR. There was no DVD. Uh, the wait for a sequel to a film that you may have loved was minimum three years. The wait for a TV rebroadcast of a movie you loved, a heavily edited version, heavily was probably two to three years. Right. So when this little film came this out, little indie and, film. Yes, this, this <laughs> little little adventure film. This little space swashbuckling film called Star Wars came out in 1977, mm-hmm. people went absolutely apeshit. Apeshit. Crazy. And could not get enough Star Wars anything. Yeah. And what we got first... Hoovered it up like the best Peruvian cocaine you could possibly imagine. Yeah, and then it was stepped on a lot until it was <laughs> like baby powder. But no, literally. And really, trust me, folks, that drug analogy, for once, is extremely oh, apt. People, and were, people were crazy. I mean, it was not in my life prior to that a film where bragging rights came from going back to see it a third time, and right. a fourth time, and a fifth time. You had to talk your parents into funding this. Right. You know? And again, it's, it's important that we set the stage that way because basically what we're saying is. You didn't have this 24-7 access to the things that you loved. Everything operated in the real wild world on like a schedule from like 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. Yeah. You couldn't get knowledge after that. You couldn't like really watch anything good on TV after that. And yeah, in the special case of movies like Star Wars and Jaws, they might eventually do a re-release in the theater. So you can maybe hope for that. But otherwise, depending how much you enjoyed a film... 
You had to keep going back, oh, plunking yeah. down seven bucks or whatever. And where I grew up, there, there was no such thing as a multiplex. Right. There was one screen, one yep. theater, period, end of story. And they had new stuff that they wanted to put out. So it was not easy to see it again. Yeah. Now, me at the time, you're only older than me by a couple years. <laughs> so here I am at the ripe age of seven. Okay. Mm hmm. And I'm watching this on TV for the first time, like everybody else, because they had me at Star Wars. Okay? Yeah. I don't know who Art Carney is. I don't know who B. Arthur is. I don't or, even know. I know by Harvey, seeing him. Harvey Corman. Right, but I didn't know yeah. Harvey Corman and what he was going to bring to the table. Yeah. So all I know is, yeah, there's going to be Chewbacca in it yeah. and, and Darth Vader and Stormtroopers. So me, like everybody else, we're tuning into this thing. We start with 15 minutes, if not 30. Okay. Of the Wookiee family, Chewbacca's family, just grunting yeah. and and at each other. And meanwhile, <laughs> you 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 are possessed by the hunger. Yes, you absolutely have to have all things Star yep. Wars. Period. End so of it story. doesn't matter that we're watching a uh, basically a couple chimps just yammer at each no. other with no subtitles. It was Chewie, right? And family, and no subtitles. It was his dad who was like toothless. The, the heavy set mother. I mean, all bad stereotypes. Yes. And then, yeah, his kid Lumpy. Seriously? Lumpy, yeah. There's the big red flag right there. Wow. Itchy and Lumpy. And then there's this contributed, you know, story about Life Day and blah, blah, blah. So, what we were given in a nutshell, other than the animated little piece in the middle, which is now Star Wars canon. It was the first animated, it was the first Star Wars cartoon. Yep. You know, to come along, it was the first of I don't know how many hundreds of thousands of Star Trek, and it was the introduction or Star Wars, excuse me, cartoons. Yeah, to the character of Boba Fett, indeed, who went on to be like super mega money earner for the for the franchise. Oh yeah. So, stay on target. They featured okay. Now again, to back things up, yeah, this is the age, the golden age, yeah. of the variety show. Yeah. And George Lucas himself has said, well, he had an idea, and he basically turned it over to these producers of note at the time, yeah. who then got actors and actresses of note at the time. Yeah. Because let's not let uh, Diane Carroll off the hook so easily. No. God rest her soul. Yes. She did what amounts to like a soft porn dance. Wookie porn. Wookie porn. For the, the the monkey that was Chewbacca's father. Itchy. Yeah. And looking at it after the fact, thank God I didn't pick any of this up as a kid. Yeah. It's it's it'll make your skin crawl. Oh god awful. And then you've got a a heavily, heavily made up Mark Hamill. What a piece of junk. Who was fresh off of his car wreck, I yep. guess right after Corvette Summer. Damn near ripped his face off. Right. Yeah. So he's wearing enough heavy-duty circus cake makeup yep. to look like a Muppet. All right? Yep. So you get yep. a couple words out of him. And then you get Carrie Fisher. Oh, the tour de force. Six sheets to the wind. You crazy fuck. Five of the top six narcotics at the time were in her bloodstream. And I can't say I blame her given the musical numbers that she was tasked with. Well, because they put, I mean, you think the national anthem is hard? Try putting lyrics to the Star Wars anthem Ugh. and singing that. Ugh. Yes, not the sexy Mecco version that they played in the discos. Yeah. The actual orchestration. And you know a funny little fun fact? Fun fact. Kenny Baker, who mm. played yep. R2-D2 in pretty much all the Star Wars films. Yep. For whatever reason, God the only knows, one that had the sense was not invited yep. to participate in the special. And, Correct. Like, was the only one to maintain any degree of integrity yep. courtesy of that fact. Yep. Somebody did him a favor or maybe his agent said no effing way. Yeah. And so he's introduced as an R2-D2 as himself. As himself. Which literally. is stupid as hell to begin <laughs> with, you know? But yeah, he wanted no part of it, so they used a remote control robot. The bottom line is, you would think, no matter how bad it is, something from that time period with those actors in those iconic roles, yeah. young, would be like a treasure trove for any collection anywhere. You would think, but I'm going to sum it up courtesy of, uh, <clears throat> of uh, critic Nathan Rubin of the AV Club. Oh, I heard this one. Yes. yes. She wrote, I am not convinced that the special wasn't ultimately written and directed by a sentient bag of cocaine. Yeah. Yeah. Boom. Just bad. Nailed it. Worst thing ever put on TV. I mean, the, the reviews just run the gamut. Shockingly bad. I mean, yeah. 
Ed Wood was looking at this going, oh, my God. What the kind of tripe is this? Yes. And so bad that somebody had to do a documentary mm-hmm. about how bad this was. Because even though it never got really, oh, God, thank God, they never played it again. No. And not, again, not in America. I think they might have in Europe, actually, well, this believe is it or not. pre-VHS period. And when yep. the VHS craze hit America in the 80s, everything was on VHS. However, this wasn't. But... Thanks to somebody being very sloppy or having a great sense of humor, (laughs) copies of it get out. You can watch it now all cleaned up and whatnot on YouTube for free. Yeah. And it's just, well, I I challenge anybody to get through it. Oh, yeah. Well, a funny thing, a very telling thing, and it's part of the documentary if you watch it, uh, Harrison Ford made an appearance on Conan (laughs) O'Brien, I think in 2003, I want to say, and denied denied the... Uh, existence of it, first of all. Yep. Secondly, denied remembering participating in it because God knows he was probably just as high as Carrie, if not higher. Yep. Uh, very, very telling when somebody who was there says, "No, I don't have any memory yeah. of that whatsoever." And her line Next was, "Next question." Yeah, her line was, "Why well, I wanted a copy so I could have something to play at my crazy parties when I wanted everybody to leave." Drive people, <laughs> yeah, tell them to get out. Yeah, it's over. Go <sighs> home. Oh my God. But yeah, it, it, it's one of those things. It's it's a culturally iconic, mm-hmm. and again, it's it's very hard to explain to people now what justified it, and right. just like I said, this this craze, this craving mm-hmm. for all things Star Wars. And like I said to you earlier, my older sister, who was very fond of torturing me as I was a kid, <laughs> yes. knew how crazy I was about Star Wars. Okay. So after this thing came and went, she would yeah. wait like a month, and she's like, Johnny. Star Wars is on TV again. I'm like, what? Oh, <laughs> Tripping over my my cold. you know jammy pants trying to get to the TV. Oh. And she's like, ah, sucker. Because <laughs> <laughs> around the same time, they had one with superheroes as well that was equally as heinous. Yes. Judging on the popularity of the Super Friends cartoon, they thought they could do it at night. Yeah. I mean, late 70s, they were throwing everything at the wall to oh, see what it, sticks. It, it immediately, for me, brought back memories. And I want to qualify this first by saying that when Johnny brought this up as our subtopic and suggested I watch this again, I flat out refused. For research. Flat out <laughs> refused. This is like, no, I've seen it once. It's already scarred me. Don't need to see it again. Fair but enough. But do you remember Kiss Meets the Phantom of oh, the yes. Park? Same scenario. It Courtesy was like, of what television variety special? Was that? Paul Lynn's Halloween oh, special. Jesus. God. Right? Another titan of entertainment there. Ugh. This was the 70s, folks. It was. And again, if you weren't there, yep. very, very hard to explain the, the, the thinking, the mentality that, that, that pervaded that era. Yep. But yeah, just taking advantage of the hunger mm-hmm. for all things. Even a closing uh, episode of Donnie and Marie. They always close with a big Ice Capades number. Yes. They yes. did an homage to Star Wars with oh, Chris Christopherson playing the role of Han Solo. <laughs> Big old giant peace medallion. I don't remember that in the costume, but whatever. And it's a shame because Chris seems like a decent guy. Right. You know, wrote some good songs in the day, back hey, in the day. Anything for a paycheck, man. Indeed. That whiskey ain't going to buy itself. Brutal. So, Brutal. the one thing we didn't mention in the yes. Hall of Shame that was featured in this <laughs> was a, a music number, which, yes. if I remember correctly, the Empire and the Stormtroopers were watching for entertainment. Right, right. A musical number by Jefferson Starship. Uh, the formerly respectable Jefferson right. Airplane, who had morphed <laughs> into the Jefferson Starship in the early 1970s, and yes, painfully, probably had no idea, probably their agent mm-hmm. made the decision, hopefully they fired him right afterwards, <laughs> if not, shot him in the head. So as we were looking for a third gem, folks, I'm sorry to inform you that we finally... Hit the wall, <laughs> and not in a runner's sense of moment of clarity. No, no, we hit the wall because but we're like, there's there's nothing redeeming we can none. do. None. If you were a participant <sighs> in this, this is awful. But we are all for making the effort mm-hmm. to redeem you. To to uh, it's kind of like that uh, the nun in the Blues Brothers movie. Mm-hmm. You know, don't come back until you've redeemed right. yourself. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, we're going to make an effort to redeem the Jefferson Starship right now because if that's all you know about the Jefferson Starship, their appearance in this film, you're going to get the wrong idea. <laughs> These guys were 
a part of the soundtrack to that era in a positive way, sure, not in a negative sure. way, yep. in a positive way. And not way. the worst song ever, We Built This City. Not that no, claptrap. God, Jesus. That's another thing that we need to save them from because, yeah, that was... Yeah. And as you brought up, you bad. know, this song, if you so choose, if you're looking for a higher meaning, yes. it does speak to both topics. It does indeed. Because it's about... Bringing it back, getting yep. a little more reasonable. Yep. yep. Come on, bring it in, folks. You yep. know, on on every level. You know, if it's not the smashing crap, <laughs> if it's not the, the, the god awful holiday special or what, mm-hmm. God, you know, let's 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 bring it all in and uh, and yeah, let's try and save the Jefferson Starship, shall we, Johnny? Let's do it. And in their own words. All right. This is a song. This is a song uh, going way back to 1981. The song called. Find your way back. There you go. Let's spin it for you now, folks, and we'll be back in a few minutes with some more things, stuff, and a wrap-up.
I got to say, metaphorically, we just nailed it. You think? I do. Okay, good. I, I feel do. better about it. Find that. your way back. I mean, because it makes sense to us. Doesn't mean it makes sense. This is also <laughs> true. This is also true. But Truth be told. Indeed. Uh, uh, that was, uh, of course, the Jefferson Starship doing mm-hmm. Find Your Way Back from their 1981 album Modern Times. Uh, that was one of the first Starship songs to feature new vocalist uh, Mickey Thomas alongside the legendary Gray Slick. Mm-hmm. And uh, believe it or not, the single hit number three on the newly minted Billboard mainstream rock tracks of that time. Wow, that makes it sound old. It does. It does. <laughs> but uh, but it's... it's when 900 years old, you reach, look as good you or not. Hmm? I think the soundtrack, or, or a good example of the soundtrack of those times, mm-hmm. you know, that's the way songs sounded back then right. on FM radio. You know, there was an epic quality to them. You mm-hmm. know, the bands went for the epic, yeah. epic quality of songs. And again, it got stale because they were all doing it. It was like, like yeah. outdoing each other. But nowadays, when we, we've got the privilege of being very selective as to what we listen to, yeah. and you go back and you listen to this stuff, I guess like, like any song genre that's, that's had its day in the sun and then drifts away, yeah. when you get a chance to revisit it, you realize how good musically it really was. It sounds you fresh. Know? It sounds very fresh. And I've always put Starship, and even when they were airplane, in the, the pantheon of what I call blend-in bands, which is right. a really harsh criticism. Yeah. But in there, you got Foreigner, REO Speedwagon, Boston, Boston yep. Styx, yeah. at times even Journey. Yeah. They were uh, you know, like arena rock bands, but they were so amalgus, you know, yeah. or well, homogenous, I should say. Sure. Unfortunately, the numbers created that scenario. But again, what's refreshing about it is the ambition. Mm-hmm. You know, they were going for it. Oh, yeah. You know, I actually had... Uh, the pleasure and the privilege of seeing the Jefferson Starship back in the summer of 85. Mm-hmm. And you want to talk about seasoned pros? Right. I mean, they just killed it. They just yeah. absolutely killed it. Even for bullshit songs like We Built This City. Mm-hmm. I mean, they were just, you know, to a point where they didn't do bad song- bad shows anymore. Right. They were just that good, mm-hmm. you know, even with shit material. So needless to say, in a live context... That song, Find Your Way Back, was just jaw-dropping yeah. good. It and, really and speaking was. Of, of making gold out of shit material, <laughs> I have it on good authority that the Riffs and Rants ho, players ho. Okay. are at work again. Letting the cat out of the bag here, folks. Yep, yep. I, actually, setting our own goals is what we're doing. I've, I've heard rumblings and rumors. There I are have. rumblings. I have. And uh, they are going to once again visit us uh, for the holidays. Oh, my goodness. With a rambling tale chock full of intrigue and sex and violence. And rock and roll. Rock and roll, nice. of course. Nice, nice. Uh, and, and, of course, the holidays and possibly animated reindeer. Sex, drugs, rock and roll, the holidays, <laughs> animated reindeer. I mean, how could that not right. be just epic? Here's your, here's your byline. This time it ain't just the salt lick they're <laughs> licking. That'll get them lining up. Oh, my goodness. But Don't yeah, mean to set expectations too high. Oh, to the roof, baby. To the roof. Um, th- this could be the, the do-all, end-all. But I got to tell you, I just want it to be better than last year's <laughs> episode. The infamous I'll Be Prone for Christmas. Oh, my goodness. Which is now really getting downloaded again in earnest. That is crazy. It's just like, I, I can see it has like a little bit of legs, but all year people kept downloading it. That's, that's insane. It is insane. But now that people are actively looking for yeah. like keywords like Christmas and Yuletide and all this other stuff, right. because we're in the holiday season, yes, we are. it's probably going to double what it's already got. Wow. And if you have not heard it... <laughs> If you yes, have not heard it, yourself. yes, bigboomradio.com, yes? Yes. All right. And we have, uh, we, we have three episodes featuring the Riffs and Rants players. Okay. Uh, let's see, it was um, 105 was the first one we did. That was uh, Why Are We Putin Up With This? Right. And it was a retelling of the classic uh, Rumpelstiltskin. Yes. Then we had um, I'll Be Prone for Christmas. Yep, yep. Uh, a take on the O. Henry tale, The Gift of the Magi. Indeed. And then, of course, we had the uh, the rough, but so good intention. <laughs> Goldie, wait, was it? Yeah, no. 
Wokey-locks. Wokey locks and the three unbearable the, Republicans, yes, right? Yes. Which was just an epic masterpiece, like on the level of Cecil B. DeMille. Yeah. But unfortunately, we didn't have Skywalker Ranch that day. Yeah. So our production was was lacking. Uh, but from pure uh, just energy and and efforts put forth by all the players, fun and snark and sarcasm. Yes. Still a damn fine episode. <laughs> so we've got to outdo all that with this one. The expectations are high. Does not even have a working title yet. I think I think the players are up for it. Yep. I think they can do it. No doubt. Yep. So anyway. So we got that coming up. Yes. Uh, let's see. I just have a, another new episode of the Rocky Billy Rumble in the very Kitty, good, which will be good. playing this Sunday or next Sunday, real yep. soon. Yep. That's coming up. And uh, 70s. Uh, Oh, Saturday morning, 70s. Saturday morning, 70s. Still yeah, yeah, kicking yeah, it with very that. Very good, very good. I, uh, I'm glad you brought that up because I believe there will be this year a holiday episode ah. since Christmas Eve falls on a Saturday. This is true. So the kids can enjoy it out there in their, their footy pajamas and whatnot. Very nice, very nice. And of course, there will be a holiday-themed Rocky Billy Rumble on Christmas Day like there always is. Nice. So <laughs> it's that. Otherwise, you know, listenership to BigBoomRadio.com is good. If you want to tune in, go directly to the .com. It's always go. free. Yep. Or tune in on the Live 365 app. Uh, tune in or any place else that has, like, MyTuner. That's another one that has radio stations. There we go. Um, yeah, knock yourself out. It's free. Enjoy. Free is good. Free is always good. Nice. Keeping the music alive. Got to do it. And on that note, I will bid you adieu from this, our episode 164. Wow. As always, I am Johnny Teflon. And I am Michael Sean Lee. And we will see you all on the flip side.